When I was a young man, I carried my pack and I lived the free life of a rover. From the Murray's Green Basin to the dusty outback, I waltzed my Matilda all over. Then in 1915, my country said, son, it's time to stop rambling, cause there's work to be done. So they gave me a tin hand, and they gave me a gun, and they sent me away to the war. And the band played waltzing Matilda As we sailed away from the Kai And amidst all the tears And the shouts and the cheers We sailed off for Gallipoli How well I remember that terrible day when the blood stained the sand and the water and how in that hell that they call Sola Bay we were butchered like lambs at the slaughter Johnny Turkey was ready he primed himself well He showered us with bullets And he rained us with shells And in five minutes flat he blown us all to hell Then he blew us right back to Australia And the band played waltzing Matilda as we stopped to bury our slain And we buried ours And the Turks buried theirs And it started all over again Now those who were living Did their best to survive in that mad world of dust, blood and fire And for seven long weeks I kept myself alive All the corpses around me pile higher Then a big Turkish shell knocked me ass over tech And when I Awoke in my hospital bed and saw what it had done. Christ, I wished I was dead. Never knew there were worse things than dying. And no more I'll go waltzing Matilda to the green bushes so far. And there, for 
Lord, I hang tens and pegs On my knees to legs No more waltzing Matilda for me
Okay, so here we go. Now, we've got a very special guest all the way down under. Like me, this guy is a Celtic supporter from Edinburgh. Like me, this guy has stayed overseas and followed Celtic like that. Unlike me, he's got a fantastic head of hair. There's the brakes. But welcome along to the show, Danny Reynolds. Danny, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm absolutely super, mate. How's yourself? Well, I suppose after Thursday, it could be better. Let's get right into that. I mean, what's your take on the current situation and the manager and board type scenarios? It's back into reality. You've got to be realistic about the whole thing. Changing them now is not going to happen, uh, especially before the cup final. That's just not an option. Bringing somebody in, else in. They've got an automatic uh, scapegoat, so I'm looking on that. Um, up the names banded a bit. There's only one man that can step into that job, right? Um, and I would actually be something different to tell you now. The only man that can step into that job just now is uh, Gordon Strachan, mm-hmm. right? Great relationship with uh, Desmond Dermott. They always had since he first met him at the racing years ago. Um, if there is anything going on in the background, right, he'll know about it because his buddies part of the. Uh, part of the setup, mm-hmm. so perfect man. It's I've I've watched them, uh, Danny's analysis and commentary and things mm-hmm. on Celtic TV. Uh, and the one thing that he always says is he'd always put McGregor twenty five yards further up. Mm-hmm. So he'd seen the team. He's looked at this. He's looked at that. Looked at the next thing. Um, the, the Martin O'Neill thing. Um, can you honestly see Martin O'Neill coming to the club and Lowell saying, "Well, we're going to give you your backroom stuff." It's never going to happen. No. Um, so, are there problems? Um, I think it's too late to change the manager, but what I would do is I would be tempted to pull in Gordon Tracker in the background. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, how, how much responsibility would you lay at the players, though? Oh, hell of a lot, right? Uh, you asked me the manager side of things, but the players are the guys that are in the park mm-hmm. and the story, right? Uh, I had a really, really kind of horrific thought uh, last week, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sitting there, and they were talking about players wanting it and players don't want to be there, and you hear all the different names getting banded about. But if you look at, like, if you were to say, like, Cal Mark and uh, Christie, right? Right? Do they, right? Don't forget, they're going to get showcased at Euros in uh, June next year, mm-hmm. right? So they didn't have to get showcased playing for Celtic just now. Right. right, so that's something that was niggling me in the back of my mind, right? Uh, but no, the players, no, without a doubt. Um, and we've all got our own ideas of who we play and who we wouldn't play. Um, personally, for what I saw at the start of the pre season, and also for what I saw when he came on against um, the Leo away game, mm-hmm. uh, and he made the professional foul, I like Sorrow. I think he's got a bit of dig about him. Um, I think he's a good wee player and I'd like to see him getting a chance. However, you need to bring him into the team, right? Uh, I was getting my hair out with Ella Nussi. Uh, I was thinking, put Greg Taylor in at left back and put Waxel up the field and get mm-hmm. Ella Nussi to fuck, right? That'll work for me. And then what happens? It's just because of that thing, right? So, happens with players. Um, but the big thing, um, to me, is Griff. Right, get Griffin Edward up front. They're all good. We're all happy. Uh, 
this week what happened was, you know, Celtic did a, a change to their website, right? Uh, uh, during uh, the week, mm-hmm. right? Well, what I normally do, if I'm not going up to cheer to watch the game, uh, I'll listen, to, I'll, I'll watch it on Celtic TV, right? You can't get on Celtic TV for the European games, you can only get audio. Right. Uh, and they've already complained on Twitter to them about, like, excuse me, can you mind telling me what's going on in the bar? Don't need you having a conversation, but day at half time, right? Mm-hmm. I just want you to know what's happening in the bar. Well, uh, what happens is, an hour or so later after the game, they actually put on both halves on Celtic TV. So I'd went to go in, and it's usually the username and the password, right? Mm-hmm. But my, my phone just thought about it, does it? Yeah. Oh, it comes up with email address and password, right? Now, I've actually got Louise's email account on my Celtic account, right? So uh-huh. if I try to reset my password, it'd be snooker because Louise was away working, so she's away. Uh, so I've no watched the game on the Thursday morning. In fact, I never watched the game until this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd looked at all this stuff on social media, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing all the, the, all the stories, and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking to myself, right, so Christy, must have been horrible taking uh, free kicks, sorry, and corners and that. And there was only twice that he actually hit the first man with the corners, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm looking, I'm thinking, uh, sometimes it was back in the old day when you used to listen to the radio and, you know, they get the thing about the caller where you have to let the game, right? (laughs) And you look at that and you think to yourself, and I'm I'm looking and I'm thinking, okay, to be honest, we played actually, we, we were in command a lot, we played well, um, in stages, but didn't look like a, a, a didn't look like a four, four one um, government. Mm-hmm. The actual defending was good boy, right? Uh, that's the problem, right? Um, and the, but the funny thing about that is, if you look at the first goal, right, the defenders did their job. The defenders are out, and they've left three guys standing there offside. Apart from the fact that Cal Mark and Eddie are there, Aye. right? So do we need to get somebody in that's going to be able to actually educate midfielders and forwards and how to act as a defender at the right times. Okay, back to coaching again. Who's the best person to do that? I would put my money on Johan Melvin. I mean, it's interesting. I think one of the things that never really has been talked about this year is Scott Brown has probably dropped just a tiny bit off the pace. And because of that, the defence is made exposed because he can't protect it as much. I thought it was interesting what you said there. Laxalt is a very good player. He's, you know, dig and all the rest of it and he gets in about it. But when he's doing all that, he isn't defending and he's not in his position. And I think you're right about pushing him further up the park and Craig Taylor coming back in would be solidify it so much more. But I I suppose we could do that all day. So we'll go into, um, obviously, like myself, you're for your house and scheme in Edinburgh. So why Celtic, Danny? Well, you're going to like this one, right? Mm. Um, my grandfather on my father's side, right? His two brothers, my uncle, I call them uncles, the great uncles, mm-hmm. uh, once removed, quite thrown out, never asked back again. Uh, uncle Paddy and Uncle Terrace were a, a couple of characters. Mm-hmm. And they had me firmly believing, for the ripe old age of when I could walk, that my great grandfather was Jerry Reynolds that played for Celtic, who came to Carfin. Right. So I grew up believing that my great-grandfather was the Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the lucky thing for me was that 
at that time, and when I started actually remembering about football and team football, what a team. Right? No. Who wouldn't want to watch Junkie? Who wouldn't want to watch Billy McNeil and Bertie Ald and uh, Bobby Murdoch? Who, who wouldn't want to watch the, the players? Uh, and then I was there as like the uh, quality street kids were coming through. Aye. Right? You know? Um, so to be honest, it was, it was lucky for me that they wound me up. Uh, but you know, watching football, who wouldn't want? Who, who wouldn't want to watch my Celtic play football? I had a, a conversation with Alistair Alexander one night. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at a dinner in Edinburgh, and he used to work Monkle, right? Because Monkle was producer and director of the sports team, Charlie Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said to me, because Monkle Charlie's a hearts fan, big hearts fan. He said to me, he says, "How come you, with your uncle Charlie, being a hearts fan and that part of the family and this that and this, and how do you why do you support Celtic?" And I went, simple answer. I love the way they play football. Mm-hmm. So I'd say to him, like, uh, all right. He says, I said, well, I can't argue with that. He said, my daughter, Jillian, uh, she asked me, like, will you be a football commentator, Dad? Um, who should I support? Right? And he said, you should support the team that you like watching the best. I said, who does you support? He went, Celtic. He went, there you go. <laughs> I mean, so, see, uh, see, see, just on that, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's a really, I mean, th- this is an era when, of course, you're talking about Celtic being a good team, but there were loads of good teams in Scotland yeah. at that time. Um, was there anything else that pinged you towards Celtic? Um, well, obviously, the Celtic trip when I was, what, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. No, I think the, the, thing, the thing with Celtic was, um, it, was a, it was a mixed family. So there were some Celtic supporters, and there were a lot of, and we say there were some Celtic supporters. Uh, a number of Celtic supporters and some Hibs supporters. The other side of the families were all gambled, right? Um, but uh, my gran used to keep me going, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like she was, I was a boy, boy, so you know, the fact that I wanted to Celtic, she gave me all the encouragement. So, like, my gran used to read the papers to me and like uh, all the Celtic stuff and all aye, that stuff. So even when she used to tell me she was a Hearts fan, <laughs> uh, but, but she 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 was a big encouragement, a huge encouragement. Um, and playing football, I didn't play football in the streets. That's what we all did. And you wanted to be a player, and we didn't want to be Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Right. Just. Uh, so, uh, the through life as I got older, there was things that brought me more to the the fold. Right. Um, as I said, my family, I'm a family, uh, but my great-grandfather on the other side of the family, uh, he used to teach the family Scottish history at the weekend. Oh, right? They, they started taking the Braveheart stuff out of schools. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They started taking the high on grievances and all that away from schools. Um, and the one thing I've always, always, always hated is oppression. Right? And I hate the English and British government we have. Passion was the oppression, right? Um, and then you obviously link that stuff into uh, the link. So that was with Scotland, right? And then you link that into the uh, obviously the, the, the links with Ireland and obviously the mm-hmm. connections that were brought up. So, and like, you know, I think my, my grand got me a Celtic uh, LP when I was younger and all that type <laughs> stuff. So, Music and all that was there, so I could uh, I could sing the Wild Rover when I was about six or seven, I think. Oh, aye, aye. Aye. So, uh, 
did that or the holy ground I mean people outside the Edinburgh might not realise that where you come from originally Bingham you know close to Craig Muller and they're doing that I would suggest that is where most Celtic supporters are in Edinburgh and have been for a long time how quickly did that give you the opportunity to actually go and see Celtic? Oh, it was uh, it was great. We actually, because of the, the fact um, you had the white goose bus in Craigmore, right? Uh, that was that was there. Yeah, that was ideal, right? Um, it was like you know where I was where I, I lived. It was a case you either went to uh, Portobello or you went to Holyrood, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to your high school, unless you decided to go to Castle Bray. Right, so we were on, on the border. So people from Lismore, which is my school in Brigham, uh a few of my mates ended up going up to Castle Bray. So we were all sort of um, still in touch and all that type of stuff. We used to play football together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you had that link there. Uh, there was a bit of a fear going into Craig Miller, to be honest, because mm-hmm. uh, Bingham and Craig Miller were rich, uh, arch rivals with the gangs, aye. right? <laughs> So you had, like, uh, Bingham had seven streets and Craig Miller had seven schemes, right? <laughs> so it was the David Goliath thing, yeah, right? Aye. So so you had all that. So, for instance, when I played football for the Joe, when I played for Lismore, uh, we would have games against, like, Green Bikes, Midway Mill, uh, all the type teams, right? Uh, and, you know, we would actually get the bus, we'd walk out to Bingham, George Magley, and get the bus for there, Go up and then into the scheme that way, mm-hmm. rather than just staying the walk through Craig Moore, oh. right? Um, because you know, any time you went through, you had to have an adult mate, right? <laughs> you wouldn't have been safe going through the streets, right? Oh. So you know, you, you would end up playing against these guys at, at ball, and you know, you would soon find out who the Celtic fans were and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And um, there's like going back all the way to the old days. Um, I, I remember playing against some guys uh, in, like, in the football league uh, that I, I, I've known for a long, 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 long time. In fact, one of them, when we did the uh, the last book, uh, that we a um, story I, I gave you, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> they're called Dixon. I used to play football against Dixon. Um, like, uh, he played for Green Knight, and they played in Green. And, and Dixon's the biggest player you'll ever meet in your life. So even he hates it when I tell him about that. I used to play green, mate. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you know, so I was playing against these guys when I was, what, 10 or 11 years old. Right? I actually played for my, my primary school a year before I was supposed to. Aye. It was all, always a, the people in the last year. I, I, I played when I was in primary, second and primary. Uh, so, like, you know, you, you had all these people. And, like, so you had the connection. And then when you went to the, uh, actually started, being open to going to the games because we had people who stayed and Bingham who went to school with guys to Craig Muller and that because they said well, you know they either went to Castle Bray or Holyrood mm-hmm. so all the guys that went to Holyrood like, you know on each other so, uh, so basically I, I named the past uh, and a guy I've got a tremendous amount of respect for uh, Thomas Niven right mm-hmm. um, you actually see him on Facebook as Tam Shades Right. Oh, Tam, aye, aye. Um, uh, right. Um, Thomas was a, or Tam was a, a stalwart of the White Roots bus, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, and obviously I used to go to uh, go to the games on the, the White Roots bus. Um, there was a time when I was playing football and couldn't make it as much. 
uh, in time for the bus, mm-hmm. and I'd end up on the number one bus, Aye. right? So I would actually get on the, the green tree in the cowgate, right, um, before it go up to the centurion. Aye. And the reason that sometimes you couldn't make it was because the white goose was the white goose, right? There was a green one, and they wanted a baby. That bus was leaving early. <laughs> So if you were if you were playing football for the school somewhere out the road mm-hmm. uh, in the other direction in Craig and Tinney or somewhere like that, then you were going to have problems making the bus. So you know, and that's how I met my uncle Francis. Aye. Uh, aye. So uh, so basically, it was there were a lot of people about. Uh, it was a different scenario for different places that have been uh, in mm-hmm. terms of Glasgow or that the Red Coast. Um, and it was a case of, you know, you were allowed to support different teams. A bit like that football podcast you did with Ozzy right. and uh, Mr O'Neill, right? right? Three pals, all supports different teams, you know, um, and you grew up with that in Edinburgh where we were. Mm-hmm. And, and when you were a kid, you know, it was just natural. When you got older, mm-hmm. then things start to change sometimes. So but I in the early age, you were, you were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are just innocently just enjoying our football. I mean, you mentioned um, the White House pub. I mean, uh, fair to say, a fearsome reputation. Well deserved. <laughs> I mean, you have to tell that story you told me before about the two soldiers. Aye. Well, what had happened was, well, one of the boys who actually went to Hollywood um, and Alan Jones, uh, and he ended up going Marines, mm-hmm. right? So Alan and Shep, his pal, his Shep was from Blackpool area, or Lytham St. Andrew, the Aye, aye, aye. So what had happened was I was at college at the time and I think we were on holiday for college, right? It was school holidays. Uh, so met up. they were writing the physical stuff, like we used to go runs in the morning and that. Yeah. So we ended up going up to the park at the Jack Kane Centre. Mm-hmm. I gave me football. So, you know, it was getting on late, it was getting towards tea time and I was obviously going to have to head back to the belly for my day. So uh, I went, um, right, I'll Basically, I'll go this way, I'll go do to get the bus to this way. I'm doing the sisters, right? So you start doing uh, the road near Romans, oh, right? Aye, which is aye, on the way down to Duddingston. Right, on the way down to Duddingston. So uh, doing past the the brewery that came up. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so what happened is, I'm doing the sisters, like, it's like, well, get your tea doing there. And I went, aye, all right. So we're walking down, and I thought, well, I better phone the they say, look, they didn't put anything on for me because I'm going to go and have my tea somewhere else. So, uh, I was walking down to the White House. There was no chance of a phone working in Craig Muller, <laughs> but I knew there was a phone in the White House, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I said, hold on now. I said, I'm just going to phone Heyman tonight. So I went in. The barman, all right, mate, use the phone. All right, okay, good. So gets the two pen suit and sh- in the phone. Phone's yours. All right, that's me. I'm just going to be, like, I've been playing football. Uh, well, I'll behave the right. Don't know, no, I've got a clue, but I'm going to put any cure for it. All right, we're all good. I've walked out the house, uh, in the White House, right? I didn't see them anywhere, right? So, are you okay? Fine. So, I get to the road, goes in, and they're sitting in the house. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, Hold on, do you do? Stand outside the white house, no chance. It's that <laughs> short haircut, no way. Right? Uh, so, you've just come back for fight after 10 years. All right, but we knew we were trying to cause it that time. So, uh, because of that short haircut, she said, That's too dangerous. Um, Aye. I mean, uh, that, that, that's a great. I think that's a great to amplify what kind of reputation it had. But also, I think you mentioned supporters' buses. I mean, for people like us coming from Edinburgh, supporters' buses were absolutely vital, massive. Um, what, what's what's your kind of memories of going through the buses for Edinburgh? Ah, uh, 
the buses for Edinburgh, the first thing about going through the buses for Edinburgh was always going through Haymarket, uh-huh. right? Because you always knew that the Huns buses were going to be there. Mm-hmm. There was going to be jambos kicking about. So if you were quiet coming through Fountain Bridge area, getting to Orgea, the bus was rocking by the time you got to your Irish, <laughs> right? And it was just the noise everybody up. Right. And it was just the way, just the way it happened. Uh, so you always had that. That was always there. You always had the... Uh, um, like the uh, wind up thing, and you know, it was a case of, well, you know, Riley's, mm-hmm. you know, Riley's is Riley's, yeah. right? Um, that could be a bit funny sometimes, oh. but uh, it was a case of, uh, just like that was the big bit. And then when we were like, whether it was like the, the White House bus or the number one bus, um, you got out, and then obviously you got on the uh, towards the motorway, mm-hmm. you knew you were stopping on the way. Oh, right. right, so you you were going somewhere. So it was either Bell's Hill or Chapel Hall, one of them. So like you know that that was there. So you won't fall to that. So you you were up the back. You were in cards, um, especially the way trips. Um, so you're up there doing that. Somebody would get the songs going, and you know it was just it was great. Just, just loved it. It was just it was us. It was the Celtic family. Aye. You know everybody in the room. We're all enjoying ourselves. We're having a good laugh. Okay, we're raising that mob up as we're coming through the uh, market, but you're know, on the bus, you know, we're all one. At the same time, you're looking out for their buses going either, depending on where they were playing, if you were passing or that, so you can give them a bit of louder. Um, I, mean, I mean, once when I was on a number one bus, we stopped uh, Rathel. Someday mm-hmm. was it, we had a pickup at Rathel Bridge. And I remember your uncle going up, the guys got on to this other guy was outside, was like, PT. We come at the front of the bus. We didn't realise because it was one of them. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I knew, your uncle friends had put them square the box. <laughs> <laughs> come back on, he's got the tabby on, just walks up the bus, sits down. There we go. Uh, oh. The next time, there's a good Arwen tent special, isn't it? And I went, okay, it's tabby. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, like, seeing the days as well, especially, I think, you know, it was a very much a working class game. It was very much yeah. affordable to the working man, and it was very much everybody went to every game, home and away, you know. Yeah. And it was, it was a rarity. If somebody was missing for one week, you'd be like, where the fuck's he? Um, and I guess, I mean, it's not really like that anymore, but I, I think it's, I've always tried to emphasise in books and all that how important that kind of camaraderie is with people from yeah. outside Glasgow. That you know we're we're as big tims as you are in, in Glasgow and so on, yep. and you know as I say as you say mentioned some of the best self support you ever meet in your life came from Edinburgh and and, and places I, like that you know um, do you think that was important to keep you going having all these mates that were also tims? Aye, well as I said I've just mentioned Tim Rimmer, right? Aye. Um, you know, and uh, you know that's over what how many years forty odd years. Mm-hmm. Long, that's a long time ago, uh-huh. uh, and but I but and the, the thing is, it's not just that. When you went to games, you would meet people, right? Uh-huh. You would like you would you would see people, and you'd see them in away games, and right, and you all knew you were like you know you would walk towards a thumbnail somewhere, and you know you would be there, and you know you'd be walking up, and you'd see somebody that you'd seen two weeks ago in a away game or whatever, uh-huh. and they'd see a wee nod and a wee wink. Uh, we were just it was us. We were there. We were a family. Um, you were saying about obviously making it uh, affordable to go to games and everybody could afford to do that. Um, let's just say in the right use bus, you didn't need money to support Celtic. <laughs> aye, that's true. Right? I, so, mean, I personally you, didn't think I paid into a football match myself till I was about 16, maybe, 17. Aye. Um, 
that's just how it was, really. You know what I mean? That's but they, but at the same time, you know, that's how young laddies were encouraged to go because you know they, they didn't need the money and they didn't need all the sort of you know things that you need today now to to go and watch football. You didn't need to go and buy a season ticket or anything like that. You just went and, yeah. and watched it, and uh, you know, and as you said, like that's that is a but I mean. What would what, I mean? You talk about. I mean, I've experienced this myself. But you talk about Huns at Haymarket, Jambos, and all that. I mean, did you have any actual baller? No, not really. Uh, <coughs> nothing we couldn't handle. Put it that way. No. Um, you would get the odd thing getting thrown in the bottle. No. Or that'd be telling people you just get it weather. Um, well, but uh, no, the, the only only time you ever were wary. Uh, is if you were going to somewhere like Hamden or that, mm. right? And, you know, uh, where, you know, it was like a big game and that. But having said that, you know, it was always well-pleased. There was always that type of stuff. But, you know, if you're getting close to Hamden, you know, I think the whole thing is you didn't try and go for a drink anywhere. You know where the pubs are, you can go, you know, that type of stuff. But, um, you know, you, you would stop on the way through. You'd get a drink and either say either Bell Sol or Chapel Hall or whatever. Uh, and you would never get any problem there, right. none whatsoever, nah. right? Nah, never. So, nah, so, so the, the whole whole thing was like, you know, you go go to bed halfway through, you went had a bevy, um, you know, you had a good time, you got the chip shop back on the bus, get to the game, uh, and then if you were stopping on the way back, you were stopping on the way back. Um, funny enough, you just remind me of the first time I ever snuck into a football game, mm-hmm. right? At Tynecastle. Oh, aye. Right? And it was... It was on the lead-up to the Interman Cup semi-finals. So it had been about March 72. Mm-hmm. Right? What had happened is we'd drawn out at Celtic Park uh, on the Saturday. And then we were playing the replay at Tynecastle. Uh, and you know you got uncles? I know your uncles. But oh, like, aye, aye. Well, one of my uncles that was there, Blood Bell, of uh, Tommy McLeod, Uncle Tommy, uh, he was a bar steward at the Leith Dockers Club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Now, his boy, young Thomas, had managed to get two tickets for the, the replay. My uncle, Thomas, got in touch. He's managed to go to that boy. Young Thomas will take you in. Right? fine. And what had happened was we had two tickets for enclosure. It was enclosure at the school end, so it was behind himself to dug it. And at the bus stop, on the way up to get the bus up to Pinecastle, he bumped into one of his mates, and his mate said, Where are you going? We've got the game, and I said, I wouldn't mind, but it's not beyond you. Come to you for my ticket. (laughs) 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 You went to remember 1972, I'm like eight year old, right? Uh, 72, I was nine, I. So 1972, I'm nine year old, so the the, men who were going in through the turnstiles, they had me crawling along with the neck, going in between their legs. Um, So I was there. Uh, and that was that was a memorable night. Uh, the first time I ever saw a bloodbath. Right? When I say bloodbath, I mean bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the game got stopped. Uh, you know, I always remember it. Like, you know, it was uh, before they had any kind of segregation. Uh, and that bit in the corner, right, in the school end, um, but there was a, a line that you didn't cross, and Aye. well, it crossed. Um, but uh, I remember that. It was the first time I've seen Kenny Douglas playing football live. Uh, super. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, actually, Great you night. just remind me actually a story. I think that, uh, one time we were playing at Ibrox. It was 89. We got beat 4-1 that day. 
and I had a ticket and the guy behind me was a guy, I don't know if you ever met him, Pim O'Neill and he's like, he never cracked the light and talking and talking, it was an enclosure and just as we got up to the enclosure he just took my ticket out of my hand and threw me over the turnstile I, I, I never told me he was going to do that and yeah, then he used the ticket to get in and then he was like, there you go and just handed me a fiver Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just one of these. 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 It's I mean, what, first of all, what was it like initially when you went to Australia in terms of trying to sort of follow Celtic? Easy. Very easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever you go in the world, you'll find a Celtic supporters club. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and the Celtic supporters club in Perth is oh, unbelievable. Amazing. I know uh, that. Uh, uh, like, you know the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I, I, I go over there, uh, it was a case of like, finding out where the Celtic Sports Club was and going and watching again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you're in the door, that you, you're, uh, yet again, you're part of the family. Yeah. Um, and so the, the only thing you had to do was, there was a, I stayed on the south side of the city. Mm-hmm. Remember when you came over for the last three years and you came down to visit us in November? Aye. Right? Well, when I first moved, I was about... 10k north of Mandra, so 60k south of Perth. Right. Uh, and at the time, uh, the Celtic Sporter Club met up in the Civic, uh, which is on the north side of the city. Mm-hmm. So I had to get into Perth and then out of Perth up to go and watch the games. Uh, so, like, you know, but you, you do that, right? Uh, you know, and it was either a case of driving up in the car with a few boys. Um, you know, getting up to uh, getting a bus for the big games, um, things like that. But you, you still work there. Uh, and then they moved to Rosie's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually initially against the move. I voted against it. Right. And the reason I voted against it uh, was because Celtic's always been a family club, right? And the Civic Hotel in Inglewood, it was, uh, they used to obviously do some of the kids and. You know, it was a, a kid's sandwich for me. I think myself, Northbridge, middle of the night, for area and centre of Perth. Nah, can't see it. Uh, so, I was proved totally wrong. Um, like, you know, those days when it was the Huns games, mm-hmm. uh, it was a case, the very first Hunt game that there was, they actually shut the club off to uh, General Public. And say the general public, if you want to come in to watch the game, it's going to cost you twenty five dollars at the door, mm-hmm. right? You've been in there, you know. It's like, right. like yeah, again, uh, all the kids were there. Um, you know, free drink, uh, juice for the kids, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, the traditions of the, the club was, were met. Um, and to be honest, I don't think when you look at guys like. Uh, Andy Gordon and uh, David Barclay and Paddy McCorry and uh, mm-hmm. there's no chance uh, and we Remy uh, there's Aye. no chance that anything other than that would have happened Aye. Uh, but uh, the, the actual staff I'll tell you a story mm-hmm. the actual staff brilliant right um, I remember I was going up to watch we were playing Hearts uh, midweek game uh, we needed to beat them we were like mm-hmm. um, Hearts is to go 
Uh, so I had a meet next game. I was up my work next game morning, right? So basically, I went up in a had a suit on, right? Uh, because I was going to go work. Left, left the jacket in the car. Half the car in the week, car back up. But went in, stayed off the drink, didn't have a drink. Um, and then the final whistle went, right? And I'm up at the bar. And the next thing I know, the bar staff are running about the bottles of champagne, spraying everybody. <laughs> here's me, here's me standing there, covered in champagne, stinking to drink, right? There was absolutely no, no way I could go to the luck. Could you walk in and, you know, be in a meeting, smell like Couldn't do it. Impossible. So that was it. I just started to phone my boss, leave a message my boss, saying, look, he, got the, he knew the crack. She's so like, you know, somebody's open champagne, I'm covered in champagne, I can't come to work. Mm-hmm. No problem. Right, that's what he said to me the next day, or two days later. But what's happened is, uh, I thought, fuck it, I'm on the drink. That's me, I'll have a bit, bit of champagne. So we eventually gave the bar staff and Moses a break about half seven in the morning. Uh, and a, a crowd of us went over to the casino, Aye. right? Because you can still get a drink at the casino. Mm-hmm. So it was in there. Um, <laughs> I had to go through that. Actually, remember it well. Uh, and we get we get to the stage where like okay Rosie's is up again back to Rosie's so uh, I'm in Rosie's and they, they said to me says how did you get here last night I said oh, I drove where's the car I said I just over in the car park and they just went keys I went what come here keys said, they'll be behind the bar for you in the morning come back and pick the car up I went aye okay mate great they were right aye all good and then the next thing I knew they was handing me fifty dollars I said what the fuck's that for and they said. It's for your taxi. I said, I'll pay my own taxi. He said, Celtic supporters club are paying your taxi. No me. I went, what? They went, no, no. You come up here weekend, week out. He said, you travel the miles, blah, 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 blah. There you go. So I went, cheers. Thanks, mate. Wonderful. Now, anyway, eventually I ended up going to do the taxi. Couldn't get the front door because I just got my keys. Mm-hmm. No keys, right? But luckily, I I'll forget around the back and got the roads. There's no problems at all. So I thought, right, okay. Busting the entry into work in the morning, gets into the, into the city, goes to work, finishes up and work, heads over to the Roses. So I've walked in the front door, big handle behind the bar, seen me uh, coming in. So he started pouring me a pint, mm-hmm. right? right? Pints in the bar, I went to pay for it, but no, 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 it's talking about. He's like, there's your keys. I said, right, I said, I better go over and see what my ticket is because like the, the oh, parking yeah. in Australia if you can get done it so I'm expecting a hundred, $150 fine they said no your car's fine I said how's that they've been going out every two hours putting money in the machine Jesus right? unbelievable uh, absolutely I mean, unbelievable it's actually ironic because this is obviously the last weekend of Rosie O'Grady's opening um, aye and uh, I, I mean no, I, I had great welcomes anywhere I went with films and stuff like that. But the the, the welcome and the, the the care and the and the and the kind of looking after that I had in Perth twice was yeah. just absolutely exceptional. I mean, it was um, you know you're running things on a budget, you've got all these kind of things, and it was like go in and you know you know Perth is quite expensive for a baby and stuff like that. And I went and ordered my first pint, and I, and I can't remember what the price was, but it was like, fucking hell. And then Andy Gordon says to me, you're not paying for any drink this week. You're a guest. 
and that, that just blew me away. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and that's what, like, as you mentioned, I, I, all the names: Andy Gordon, David Barclay, Remy, Paddy McConey. Just they looked le- looked after me like a member of the Rain family, you know. Um, nothing yeah. was too much trouble and, and stuff like that. Um, and it's it's quite, I it's quite bizarre. I think no no bizarre, but I mean. To have such an outpost like Perth, Western Australia, people didn't realise, you know, uh, Jakarta and Indonesia is closer to there than the other major cities in Australia. Aye. Um, aye. Well, aye. And it's a massive Indonesian influence in the city as well, like, you know. Yeah. I think I tasted about 25 different curries when I was there, you know. Um, aye, you know, man. Oh, aye. But to have such a Celtic, a strong Celtic outpost, you know, it's, it's testament to all you guys and yourself and all that as well. Um, and then, of course, there was the Mandura Club as well. Now, how did that sort of start and, and get evolving? Well, I think uh, the Mandura Club, um, basically, there was there was Tim's all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And there was guys that used to go to each other's houses to watch the games, Aye. right? So, something to do with that, there was a game on, um, sometimes, uh, you know, it'd be a case of, I'll come up and watch the game in the house, blah, blah, blah. So, that type of thing happened. Uh, and I think it was just a case of, just like-minded people all getting together. Aye. And it was like, uh, okay, so let's go for a beer sometime. So you go for a beer. So you ended up drinking the same pub. So Mur- Murphy's and Mandra, they were great. They'd be like, uh, what a lot of people didn't realise was in Murphy's, the Celtic Supporters Club had their own Wi-Fi channel. Right? So if I walked into the pub in Murphy's, you know, and everybody tried to go to Wi-Fi, it didn't bother me because I, I had access to the Celtic Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, and Celtic Wi-Fi was used for when we wanted to watch games on a, a laptop, mm-hmm. which they would then um, stream to the TV uh, to watch the, the Celtic games. Right? So as long as you had access to Celtic TV, you could watch any game you want. Uh, when it was a case that was on Sky, BN Sports, whatever you want to call right. it, or, right, you, know, you, you could watch it anyway. So um, it was just a case that, you know what it's like, we all get together with any cause trouble. We enjoy ourselves and we spend chitlows the money, right? Uh, we're, we're not afraid to have a beer or two. Um, and then the other thing with that as well, like Murphy's was an Irish pub. So they sort of get a feed off of that as well. In fact, it's at the green stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like when you go functions on at Murphy's, you'll go along like Patrick's day Murphy's is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Uh, but that's basically because we support them. Right, uh, you got all the Aussies going along and doing the plastic Irish thing, which I suppose we do a bit. But like you know, we're all we're, we're always part of that because of our connections and all that type of stuff. So you know, and I, I think it was just a case of let's all just watch the game too. Uh, and like Kevin O'Neill, obviously, president, yeah. uh, it would be um, obviously the the guy who would do the the Dion's or the, the management, mm-hmm. uh, 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 the Aye. And that was that. It was done. Uh, now, what's happened in there is that uh, Murphy's, because of the, the way their businesses went, um, the club was starting to come a bit uh, pushed out a bit. I wouldn't say pushed out, but not as prevalent mm. as it was before. So they started uh, in Piper's, which is run by a government flat, uh, and they, they, they were anyone to Right. right, and if you've got a certain amount of numbers, then you'll get a private party. But mm-hmm. then in the doors are shut. So where you've got um, the the South Koreans that are doing there, uh, 
you know, it's a case of some of the guys think, nah, it's not worth it. It's like, you know. Uh, so they're going to watch it in Martin McCorry's suit. So, yeah, again, getting back to the situation where you've got somebody's suit to watch it. So there'll always be a self supporter club in there. Whether it's in Murphy's or Piper's or Marty's, it doesn't matter. And then you've got the situation where they'll travel up to Perth, obviously. There's a thing between Perth and uh, Mandra, so it's like 70 k's apart. Right. Um, we're talking, what, an hour on the, the motorway? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, you're back and forward there. The, the Perth, Perth guys support the Mandra guys. Uh, when the club is in its infancy, get down there, give them a bit of support, and uh, it's reciprocated. I wanted to go back to Rosie's for the last game against Tabs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, right, because they're going to open the borders and I'm coming, I'm going to go. But then when you actually check the conditions to get in, I'd have to self-isolate. Ah, right, right. right. I, I would never go to the game. And I just wanted to land on the Friday and back on the, the Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that was never going to happen. So I ended up watching the Tabs game. Guys. I mean, the last time I was in Rosie's was uh, the one-all draw against Safeco when... Sure, Armstrong scored for us, and um, the what's the big fuck Clint Hill equalised for them. So I was trying to massacre Griffiths well, at the same time. Aye. So Davy and the boys, I say, look, you can't just see it because I was yeah. basically flying out that night. So, so as soon as the final whistle, you're getting whisked right in a taxi to see what the fucking oh, see you later and that kind. I was like, right, anymore. so standing at the door, kind of the big fucking hall, and uh, so the next thing, fucking. They've equalised and there's 400 people in there, as you know, and it's went That's silent. And I'm like, fucking hell, bastard, this, what the fuck? I can't believe they've scored. But of course, then the boys went up the park and Griffiths has outpaced Clint Hill and he's just took him down there. Eh? And uh, 400 people shout, penalty! And then it's no given. And at that point, 400 people turned round to me and was as if to say, for fuck's sake! You know, like, I should have the answer <laughs> to that. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but no, absolutely brilliant. Now, obviously, you came back. Um, we're in Britain for a bit, and then you've now gone back Melbourne, Sydney. People didn't understand maybe that there's an eleven-hour time difference between me and Danny right now. It's therefore, that means between the games, whereas in Perth there's only seven. What's the difference when it's an eleven-hour time difference in terms of watching the games? I'm not going to be a smart arse since the three hours that we talked. But uh, it's it's difficult. Uh, but it's easy because every game you'll be able to see. Uh-huh. It's either so over here what they've got is um, obviously the Sydney going to cheers. So Celtic TV if you need that, uh, BN Sports which is like the same as Sky or whatever. Uh, and then also what happens is for the European games, uh, which I can't get on Celtic TV apart from should be commenting. Optus. Over here, which is like a um, telephone company, but they've got their own sports channels. Mm-hmm. So there's an Optus TV as well. Uh, so basically, you, you can see everything. Mm-hmm. So you can you can watch any game in Cheers. Uh, so just now, being eleven hours, um, think about the UK. Take an hour for whatever time it is, and then it's front here. So when it's a three o'clock kickoff in the afternoon. It's uh, two o'clock in the morning here, yeah. so eight hours off two o'clock. Okay, it's not two in the uh, afternoon; it must be two in the next morning. But uh, when you're up there, um, the, the transport system over here is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right? It really is good. Uh, so you, you've got time to go up. So you, I think the last train up there is about 
12 one o'clock or whatever and then they're back on the phone in the morning again mm-hmm. right so uh, and there's night buses as well so to be honest you can get in and out of the city without any problem uh, so it's a case going up and funny enough uh, I up to watch the Motherwell game the other week there right and uh, you, you remember the mercantile in Sydney I That's, do I, I, I was in there right right well funny enough um, the Motherwell game who walks in but all oh, the bar staff for the market they finished at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. right so I think it was a half point kick off or something like that or like you know whatever what, 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 I don't know I can't remember so anyway they came in so you're used to seeing them in the work and having a crack and a half, but you never had a chance to have a drink with them. So, uh, God, I, I, I laughed at them a crack. And there was a good turnout. Mm-hmm. A much bigger turnout than I thought there'd be. Three o'clock in the afternoon, I got in the house. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. Right? Just back to the, the days of your youth, as it were, right. where you would go to the football and go get back for a couple of days. Um, so, you know, uh, everybody's there, you know, yeah, you've got the like Jim Riley. I was yeah. like sitting next to Jim at, uh, in the morning, and Jim's had a problem with his knee, and he says to me, "He's Danny, is what he said." I don't think I'm going to make this physio appointment at ten o'clock. And I looked at the, at the court and I went, "Jim, it's half past ten. I think you've missed that." <laughs> <laughs> so I okay. I'll have a Monday coat, please. I get wonderful or a beer or whatever. So uh, I so we just had a good crack, good, good laugh. So that happens now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I said, the, the, the transport system's really good. So if you want to go and dump on a game, you get an eight bucks. So, you know, if the game finishes at three in the morning, then if it's a one o'clock kickoff or that, uh, the next train is there until half four or something. So I think what you need to do is get a bus. What are you going to do? You're going to leave after the game? No, you're going to have a couple of beers. Yeah. So, you know, you have a couple of pints. I have a crack with the people talking about the game, do the after-match analysis, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff, and then do the road. Uh, so you get back, fairly good time, but um, that occasion, I'll let it slip mm-hmm. a bit and just... Well, one guy I want to talk, talk about doing there, now obviously, right, people listening to this, I know I'm a writer, and, and writers are essentially leeches, right? We sit there, we've nothing better than sitting next to somebody who's telling stories and that, and you're... Your mind's gone like a filing cabinet. I'll use that. I'll use that. I'll use that. You know, and one of the best I've ever had uh, was we Ron Doran. Uh, oh, Ron. Who I, I had a drink. I had a drink with Ron on uh, what is it, the Wednesday. Now the second time I was doing him and his wife Kath were, were um, kind enough to put me up, and it was one of them. You know, total welcome. Right, there's the fridge. There's the bed. Do what you like. Da, 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 all that kind of stuff. For every second I was in Ron's company, story, 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 story. Then, so that was 2017, then went to Las Vegas, bumped into them, and I swear to God, Ron just started, story, boom, boom, boom. That's the kind of calibre of people doing there, isn't it? They kind of guys who just know what it's all about. Oh, yeah. As I said, it was actually Thursday. Uh, I'd went into the city on Thursday, I went to Sunday in terms of my, my new career move. Uh-huh. Uh, right. Um, and then I was, I met him in Cheers. I had lunch in Cheers. Uh, and it was like a lovely day, beautiful day. I was coming out, walking uh, towards the uh, train station. And it was just gorgeous. And I seen a tram coming. I thought, ah, I'm going to go do the circle. Okay, I'll go do the rocks. I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was in a bed, coming to bed. Oh, yeah, something popped up on social media for on. 
right? And I went, oh, I'm in America. Right, I'm heading down there, no problems at all. So, and it's exactly what you say, right. right? You get talking, and it's a story, it's a story, you know, and it's like we're having a crack about this, and a crack about when this happened, and that happened, and, nah, just, and it, it's typical. No, it's just the way you are. Aye. It's all part of this big family. And we, we enjoy it. And, you know, it's what we do and it's part of how we enjoy ourselves. I mean, I remember oh. going to the Rocks. It was Ron that took me to the Rocks uh, and Jim Kinlan was here and a few others and that. And, we, of course, this was on a Sunday. So there was a big market on, you know, people, just, oh, you know, kind of Dell Boy style Aye. market. And we went there maybe lunchtime. And we were still there when they were dismantling the market. <laughs> you know, and there was an empty road in front of us, like you know what I mean. Aye. And you just, you Aye. see, you just sitting talking and laughing, and remember this, remember that, you know, absolutely brilliant. And it's really that kind of. I mean, honestly, Danny, I've been to Australia twice, both times for a month, and I've barely met an Australian. Okay, what I mean, because there's so many, such a vibrant Celtic community doing there, like you know. That's it. You you do get them. Um, there, there's a number of Aussies about that, that find us quite like, unusual to say the least. Aye. I think we're crazy. Um, you know, and it's like football's what we do, and this stuff. Uh, and it's like they call everything over here footy. So whether it's rugby, rugby union, rugby league, whether it's AFL or whether it's football, football, they call everything footy. Um, so to have like uh, people who are as passionate as we are. Mm. Uh, you know, to be honest, a lot of them love it. Like, you know, kind of believe this. Like, I, I remember, uh, who was it? Big Boza. I met Boza a couple of times, Big Mark Boza. Lovely, lovely guy. We'd never walked past him in the streets. And I remember talking to him, it was David Barclay, mm-hmm. and he was telling me about when one of the tours Celtic did and they played in Perth. Aye. Uh, there was a do after it back at the hotel, which is the hotel. I guess it used to be something else. Sheraton. It was a Sheraton, right? Uh, and it's opposite Fenians. Right? It's right opposite Fenians. Right, right, right. right? So they're in there, they're having a, a, a do in a party, Celtic Sporters Club and that. And, like, you know, turn around and it says, same way Bosnian just went and stopped. He just, like, you know, <laughs> stopped in his tracks. And it was like, what is it? They said, this is just phenomenal. This is unbelievable, right? Uh, he'd never seen passion like it right? and I bumped into him uh, um, oh, about a year later I think it was um, in Cheers uh, Liverpool my United game was on and uh, he actually went through the back because it was a lot of Liverpool pub. Um, and uh, it was a case of, I had it through obviously it's all my Celtic tattoo uh, and it was a case of, like you know said oh I heard you enjoyed yourself in Perth and you could tell it's you know it was just Believable. He says, like, where do you get your passion? And I said, well, it's just what you do. just mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, hating oppression is one good catalyst for that, that's for sure. Aye, definitely. definitely. Uh, I mean, the, the guys, like you mentioned Jim, Jim Riley, I remember, just remember that story. I think it's maybe the second time I'd done a gig there, and Jim, had, I think he was at somebody's stag, and he had a good scoop. So the next again day, me and Ronnie met him, um, one of the beaches, Kansy Beer, etc., and that. And uh, Jim's talking away and all the rest of it. And I said, Oh, by the way, I said, Somebody took a really good photo of us last night. And he looks at me, What? I said, hey, Somebody took a good fucking joke. Oh, no, oh, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, steamboats. Oh, no, oh, and he's getting all paranoid and all that. Eh? He goes, Have you got it? I said, Aye. Showed him the phone. 
looks at the picture and goes, Christ, that looks like a million dollars here, eh? I was like, fucking Fucking unbelievable. Um, And of course... um, That's that's really... That's him, right. And of course, big Steph Gilmartin, um, who I stayed with. I mean, what? I mean, the story, I've, I've told it before in books and stuff, but... You know, I was sitting outside, him and his wife Sharon, you know, another one of these people, this is our house, it's your house now, do what you like. So we're sitting out and we're drinking beside his pool, it's fucking, you know, one of the nights you could just keep going on all night. And uh, Sharon says to me, um, where do you fancy going for your breakfast tomorrow? And I'm thinking, Christ, I've never even thought about that, you know, I'm thinking about my hangover. And she goes, well, there's a place here about seven or eight miles away that does tits on toast. Aye. I said, what? Up in Maitland. Aye. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, oh, the, the waitresses are basically fucking, you know, topless. Topless, right. I was like, oh, fucking, okay, when in Rome. But of course, she checks on the phone. Oh, for fuck's sake, she shut them on. Ah, well, we'll do it some other time, right? So that's it. So we went, baby, baby, baby. Get fucking to bed, fucking crush it. Next thing I fucking wake up in the morning, I hear this, Paul, Paul. Said, what the fuck is going on? I'm doing the basement sort of thing. I've rushed up the stair like it was a fucking fire or something. There's big Aye. Steph standing there with a big plate of toast, start bought naked. He's your tits on toast, <laughs> brother. I'm like, ah, for fuck's sake. And the, and well, you make somebody a promise. I know. And and the beauty of it is, right, is when i done the memoir in front of the bus, I said to Steph, look, I'm going to tell the story, but I'm afraid I never t- there was no footage, so would you mind replicating it? Aye, me bother. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he takes another photo oh, yeah. just ring me. Aye, brilliant people. But uh, starting to run doing the time. So first of all, Danny, personally, I mean, is this you in Australia for life or what or what's happening or? Aye. I would say so. Um, like uh, obviously, come back for three years. Um, a combination of things: something career-wise and something family-wise. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I met Louise and Aye. you know, Louise and I are now married. And, and how's she loving uh, it? Is she loving it doing there as well as much as you do? She is absolutely in her element. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. good. You know, um, we've got the wee man with us, right. wee uh, So he's he's also a member of the Sydney Sports Club mm-hmm. as well as Louise. Uh, so anyway, we've um, we've got the wee man here. He actually chased the Louise and I earlier in the pool. Thanks for bringing me here. Right? He he's just like loving the dream. Um, so she's settled in really really well. I was quite surprised because when we got married, I took her to Perth on honeymoon. And that's different totally to Sydney. Oh, right. Right. She fell, fell in love with, with her. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, even after a day on the piss with Paddy and Klosky uh, <laughs> and uh, the like, boys, it was like, you know, uh, she, she, still, she still enjoyed it. Uh, so, no, so we had a, uh, no, I had a great time with her. And I, I thought myself, when it was looking for me coming back, and the fact that, you know, I'd, I'd been sort of offered something in Sydney. Uh, I wasn't sure if she was going to like it or not. So mm-hmm. I, I brought her out on holiday uh, the start of January 2019 uh, and fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. It's a great place. We'd love to stay here. So uh, I used to stay in Sydney about eight, nine years ago mm-hmm. as part of some work that was there. Uh, and I stayed down in the Chaya, right, mm-hmm. which is on the th- other side of the Chaya yeah. again. Uh, and it's like coming your holidays every night and come back. It's, it's just... Great wee place, lovely place. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you managed to get to Corolla when you were over here, so but not. that's like the south. No, that's the south side equivalent to Coogee. Right, okay, right, right. I was so, there, right. right, right. So, 
uh, so basically, like, you know, when we came over, the company put us up in a, an apartment in there for a month, and mm. she's just like, oh, <laughs> it's just paradise. paradise uh, now, she used to have a nursery when she was back in the UK. She had a couple of nurseries, and mm. when I, I came back, she'd give them up. She was, like, doing, uh, managing uh, daycare, kids and that. So she's just recently started her own business. Mm. Uh, there's loads of work there, Nanny, and so she's she started nice. her own business, Nanny. And, uh, you know, she's got three of them, she loves, loves the weather. Uh, funny enough, she loves Sydney as well. She yeah. really likes the city, right? Uh, and I remember when we came out on it, like uh, the wee man, we met up with some friends of mine for a drink at the opera bar. Uh, which is the bit um, that you can't see if you like look at the photos and that. Right. Uh, we have wooden stairs, you've got mm-hmm. the tables and you know, all that type stuff. You know, the nurse just sitting there, right? I said, just see same as Bozza when he, when he stopped dead. It was a case uh, she just looked and I said, What's wrong? She goes, I'm here. I went, What's you mean you're here? And she turned around and she had the opera house on one side, she had the bridge on the other. Right. And incredible. it was just like that iconic, right. iconic moment, right? And then you know, great times. And then we come back here to live and we're up in the opera bar as you would do sometime and we're sitting there and you've got all the tourists running about taking photographs of the bridge and the, the opera house and all that thing. So the look at me, she goes, we live here. I went, mean, I know we do. <laughs> and she, that's when she sort of realised because, nice. you know, we're not tourists. We actually live here. This is where we live. Um, so, and she likes it. She likes, uh, likes the city. And there's, Obviously, loads and loads to do. New South Wales itself is huge. So I'm going to take it. I'm the wee man. I've just booked it uh, during the week there. Uh, They've opened the border from Queensland. So I'm taking it up to Port Douglas, which is north of Cairns, which is paradise. Absolutely lovely. So she's not seen that yet. Uh, So she'll see that in January. That's brilliant. Uh, brilliant. Nice. Just before we wrap up, you mentioned Paddy McConey, quick Paddy McConey story. I was there for a month. I could tell you a long one. Aye, aye, I, was, I, was, I was there for a month, you know, baby, baby, baby. By the end of the, the day I'm leaving, I'm absolutely fucked. Again, there's no two ways about it. Paddy McConey, but in Rosie O'Grady, I said, I'm fucked. So a month's drinking solid. Eh? He's like, I know what you need. I was like, oh, aye, what's that? He goes, called Guinness. <laughs> and off he went to another boozer. But time has jumped us, so great talking to you, Danny. Great. This is one of the ones where you could extend it for probably all day. Um, hopefully <laughs> you and Louise and the wee man uh, keep going down there. And keep supporting the tick, and hopefully we'll come back and hopefully we'll be in a better shape as a club, a better shape as everything else, health-wise, pandemic-wise and all that kind of thing. But until then, bud, take care and uh, my lovely wishes to everybody down there. All right, bud? Oh, cheers, mate. Great. And just you remember, you win every game we play one week. In fact, we win every every game we've got to play. We're doing a fifth treble, right? Just you keep the faith. Look after yourself. Love to everybody. Right, buddy. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.